Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Holy moly! Man, woman, and child in that bottom of the aisle. Johnny the Jet Riders just for a moose of their shoe. Oh, they don't have him yet? Look at Tommy Frazier. How many tackles can one man break? Touchdown. What's going on, Husker fans? Welcome back to Believe in Nebraska Football on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Casacho, on what will be the final edition of Believe in Nebraska Football for the 2021 season. And the Huskers did it again. Found a way to lose by one score in a 28-21 loss to Iowa. In a rivalry game that... Against a good opponent, a good Iowa opponent, the Huskers found a way to hurt me again. And I'm sure most Husker fans feel that way. Going into the game without Adrian Martinez, without Damian Daniels, JoJo Doman, and other you know star starters, um, against a you know a very very good Iowa team, um, obviously in in contention, you know, with uh, Big Ten West championship on the line didn't think the Huskers had much of a chance in this one so you know I I didn't I wasn't going into the game thinking you know the I'm gonna be you know the Huskers are gonna come away here I really hope the Huskers win I mean obviously I hope they won but I I wasn't you know holding my breath and then there they were up 21 to 6 in the third quarter and it felt just and and right then I felt like okay wow this is we're finally it's finally gonna happen they're finally going to get it done. I finally, I, I believed it was going to happen. And the same old things got the Huskers beat yet again. It was the same, it turned into the same movie. It's really unbelievable. It's been an unbelievable year in terms, just, just heartbreaking every game, just finding ways to just do the worst things at the worst times. And of course, what was the main factor, the main play that probably the entire game was lost on, a blocked punt for a touchdown for Iowa. Iowa's first touchdown of the game. Husker defense, the black shirts, did not allow a touchdown up until that point. They didn't allow a touchdown up to the fourth quarter in a game the Huskers lose. It's the same story again. And it just ultimately is, you know, the, the story of the 2021 season. Unbelievably, dis- I mean, to say disappointed is 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 such an understatement. It's devastating to be up to to have the season that the Huskers had, to have had as good of a team, a good of a defense as they had this season, to to be up twenty one to six in the second half and to lose the game is just it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely miserable. And it wasn't just the special teams, but I mean, I think everything came down to that play, but it was the, it was the other, you know, same stuff again, not being able to run the ball when you needed to, uh, in the first half smothers making his first start running the option, the, the Iowa defense didn't, you know, didn't have an answer for it, um, in the first half and their adjustment to it 
in the second half was to pull their linebackers, you know, out of the box basically and have them running on, you know, sideline to sideline, which then you need to be able to, you know, run the ball between the tackles. And the Huskers just weren't weren't able to do that when they needed to to put the game away. Um, Frost talked about it in his in his post game uh, press conference that you know a play you wouldn't think was that big of a deal immediately leading up to the block punt is you know we get some yards on first down on second down you know they got the linebackers out of the box they try to run it instead it kind of you know we the ball gets on the ground and all of a sudden it's second and eleven um, so it's the same it's you know it's it was the same things. It was the same things that beat us again. Definitely a season. Unfortunately, it's just a, it's a season that is kind of, I mean, you, you hate to say it's one to forget because of how well some of these Huskers played and, you know, how competitive we were. I, 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 I couldn't help but think playing Iowa on Black Friday about Pelini, you know, last game against Iowa, the last time we beat Iowa, and that firing Pelini after that win, the quote from Sean Einkorst was, the reason Pelini, you know, in the reasoning for Pelini's firing was we weren't competitive in the games that mattered on a nine-win season. It's hard to even wrap your head around how beating Iowa and winning a trophy on rivalry weekend on Black Friday would, is not a game that matters given that we have now lost seven straight to them. But, you know, it, that, at that time, that's what was said. And... You know, fast forward to 2021, the, you know, the irony is that the Huskers were competitive in every game that mattered, but instead of being nine and three, the Huskers are three and nine. So to me, it was almost poetic in a way, like some sort of Greek tragedy that this Husker team would, uh, would accomplish what Einkorst set out to do. Um, when he fired Bo Pelini in that, you know, we were competitive in every game this year. You could say that. I mean, we were competitive in every game that mattered. ABC, you know, night game against Michigan, competitive throughout, you know. It, it took the lead. It was a one-score one game. In fact, the, you know, with the, with the Iowa loss, we're the first team in FBS history to lose that many games by one score. Um, and... Yeah, it's just it's it's I hope that in retaining Frost that that you know we can get some good juju back on our side here after 20 years of that kind of thinking that that you know we're, we're better than you know nine wins and some blowouts cuz obviously we're not you know three doesn't feel good you know it it feels good to be competitive in these games but it, you know it doesn't help the program at all that we we're 3 and 9 it just doesn't and, and so I hope that moving forward, that our, you know, practice of patience that that Trev Alberts has shown in retaining Frost for another year, giving him another chance to show some progress here. Obviously, that worked out well for Michigan this year. Um, Michigan is, you know, right now in the, you know, in the top four, playing playing Iowa, a team that we should have should have beat. It should be should have been Minnesota. It should have been a lot of things for the Huskers this year. But you know, they their patience with Harbaugh has clearly paid off for them this year. Um, so the, the hope here for Nebraska is that that's, you know, hopefully we have learned our lesson and that obviously going nine and three with some blowouts is better than going three and nine and being competitive in every game. Um, unfortunately, you know, my worry as, as you know, we look back on the season and what I've discussed on this podcast, 
being the concern is that we had clearly had a special team, particularly a special defense. Martinez did some special things. Samari Toure did a special things. There, there was so much to like about this team, and you just wanted them to get at least one signature wins. So there was something, you know, pro, you know, they, the Huskers could ha- accomplishment, some accomplishment that the Huskers could hang their hat on. The Huskers for this season, the seniors who were playing their last game. I mean, that's the most heartbreaking part about the Iowa game, right? Is that these Husk that this team played this well all season, and they were in the driver's seat of getting that win against a ranked opponent, their rival, winning a trophy, and ending the season on that note. And getting Logan Smothers started off on the right note. And and for so much of that game, it looked like that was going to happen. He completed his first seven passes. I mean, he looked looked in control out there better than I thought, honestly, he would look against a great Iowa defense. And unfortunately, the, the, the black shirts and the Huskers and the seniors had to eat the same spoonful of heartbreak that they've, that they've eaten every Saturday this season. So, but I don't, you know, at the end of the day, as much as this was a fail, I think a failure, um, for those, for those players, this whole season was a failure for this team. It was a failure to, to the Huskers were unable to accomplish, you know, I think what this team warranted in terms of results, like what they deserved given how hard they played. I mean, Scott said it after the game, and it couldn't be more true. And I, and I hope at the end of the day, this is what this team is remembered for, is that, you know, a team going into their last game at 3-8, and eight, um, regardless of how competitive they were in the other games, it would be hard, particularly out your captain, quarterback, you know, four-year starter. You're without captain Damian Daniels. I mean... Going into that game, it'd be really easy to shut it down and just and just not bring your A game. You're not playing for anything other than the rivalry. Um, and not just in the Iowa game, in every game down the stretch. In the Wisconsin game, after you fire the offensive coaches, the way Martinez played, playing her in the second half, it's just everything, the way that these guys battled. I don't think that you could say that about about most you know teams. And, and, and I know that they probably won't be remembered in Husker history, uh, but I, I hope that, you know, at least I'm going to choose to remember them for, for their fight. That They fought every week. They fought every week like that. And, it, and it's just devastating that it ended this way. Um, but all we can do as Husker fans is, is look forward to the future here. And with some news today that, that Adrian Martinez has played his last game as a Husker and will enter the transfer portal, we know that that future will no longer include, you know, the, the – the quarterback that has led the Huskers throughout Frost's uh, time here. So in that way, it's going to be a fresh start. I have a ton of mixed feelings about Martinez leaving. I don't know why in my mind I didn't imagine him transferring because it just feels like he only has one year of eligibility. I thought he'd either shut – I either thought he'd stop playing or, you know, I don't know, take his chances at trying to try out for an NFL team or something because um, I don't think he'd be drafted. I mean, maybe he would. I don't know. Clearly he does clearly he thinks his best opportunity is to try to go play for another team. I thought that would be hard given that he had played in this system for four years. He only has one year to win a job, learn a new system. Uh, clearly he felt like that was best. And honestly, it, as much as I'm kind of surprised that he's transferring, I'm not surprised that he doesn't want to play at Nebraska next year, given that, you know, down the stretch that he was, you know, you get the people in the stands chanting for smothers. Smothers ultimately goes in, looks pretty good. Um, against Iowa, but you know, he struggled when, when adversity kind of struck as, as a young player would an inexperienced player would, uh, I think all thing in a vacuum would Martinez give us a, the you know, the best chance to win next year. 
Sure. But I think that there's a lot of other factors psychologically for Martinez and just the, the atmosphere in Lincoln right now concerning him um, after four seasons is just, it's just not for, you know, it's just not really conducive for success it, it for him. And, and, and ultimately then for the, you know, for the Huskers also, I just think there's just been too much uh, negative press, too much negative input from the fans and, and just, and just, I think, un- I think at this point, given particularly with Mario leaving, I mean, we've seen this before too, with JD Spielman and uh, Troy Walters getting let go. I think it was too, I think, I mean, that wasn't reported that that was what was too much, but you know, you see. The wide receivers coach gets fired, and then it's, you know, the top wide receiver, you know, wants to leave. I'm sure that the relationship between Mario, we know the relationship between Mario and Adrian was very close. And, uh, you know, it just probably was a lot of factors, but, you know, the, you know, no more Mario. The atmosphere in Lincoln concerning, you know, around the fans and the press. It's probably just time to, to it, it's sad that it's kind of, it has the feeling of, you know, kind of cutting our losses. Like, that it's, Ultimately, it was just like, well, we just had to let, you know, I I think everybody, definitely Scott, I wanted to see it. I mean, given what the character of Martinez, how hard he plays, I mean, he may not be a clutch, you know, the most clutch quarterback, but he's a great player. He's going to hold the record for, you know, all-time purpose yards at Nebraska. He's been a warrior here for, for four years, and it's just tough to to have him leave kind of on this note, you know, have him leave that you know no no pass interference call against Wisconsin on the final play that's his last throw as a as a husker and just it's just you feel bad for him as a player you know Scott recruited him was the first person he recruited the first thing he did as a head coach was fly to Martinez's house in California and and try to get him to come here and and Martinez obviously invested a lot of his young career into the Huskers and it, and it didn't work out for him frankly like it didn't work out for him in a lot of ways. I think you could, you could definitely say that, that Scott Frost failed Adrian Martinez um, over the last four years because he is a good player. Not every, you know, not every quarterback in the, in college football has to put the entire team on his back and win games from behind and, and, and do all of that. Like a lot of guys who have, who are, you know, electric runners and have a good arm you know, can, can be very successful in college football. And we may see that with wherever he decides to go um, next year. Um, so it, I don't think the fact that he, you know, it was, he wasn't able to fully put the team on his back. I mean, that's effectively what people complain about him about is that like he didn't have a clutch gene when we were down, you know, we were down three or we we're down seven and we needed to drive down the field. He threw an interception or we needed to, you know, it just, he made some bad plays at bad times, but the truth is I think in a lot of those games, he did enough thing. He did more things right for the Huskers to win. And there were lots of areas that the Huskers were just playing completely miserably at that, you know, he wasn't able to compensate for that. You know, he, there was no room for him to make a mistake, you know, and ultimately that's how, that's how it always felt. And you always counted on Martinez because yeah, we were going to have a punt blocked or yeah, our offensive line was going to blow coverage or take a penalty, and we just count on Martinez to make the play. And then when he doesn't do it, it's his his problem. Um, and it's sad that he'll be remembered that way. I hope that that as a fan base, we can kind of let that stuff go now, given that he's gone, and remember him for for all of the great you know things that he did, and that he poured his heart and soul into this program.
and you, you really can't ask more from a young player than what Martinez brought. I mean, a lot of I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who's getting booed and the other quarterback called for, and he's getting up in press conferences, saying all the right things, doing all the right things. Everybody in the locker room has the highest level of character. Says he has the highest level of character that that you could look for in a player. And you know, I I honestly truly wish him the best. I don't always you know feel that way when a player leaves on the portal, but I, I definitely feel that way for Martinez. Um, and I really hope it doesn't go the way that it, you know it went for J.D. Spielman or Luke McCaffrey. You know, I hope that he finds a good a good spot and has success, kind of like Wandale's having. I feel like, and, I, and I'll say that I feel like Martinez's transfer um, is ultimately on Scott. You know, if we had been able to win just some games this year and we had some things under control, I don't think Martinez is leaving the program. You know, I honestly think the way that he would be leaving is if we had done things the right way, he would be leaving because he would have an opportunity at the next level, not leaving because, you know, he's effectively being booed and, you know, having smothers called for and kind of has to leave, you know, on this note. That's really just disappointing for everybody involved. So, you know, that that, that chapter's over, but I think Martinez deserves to be remembered as a, as a Husker great. And, I, you know, I wish him the best. So what does next season look like at the quarterback position for the Huskers. Uh, we got a good, you know, obviously we got a good preview of what Logan Smothers can bring. Still a really young player, but I thought played really well in, in a, in a tough game against the Hawkeyes. And I, I think that, you know, I think he struggled more as the game went on that, you know, when the, the Hawkeyes made some adjustments on defense, they kind of settled down, you know, particularly to that, as I said before, that option, you know, run that we were kind of getting them with. That he, you know, he struggled, but honestly, he put together a lot of that drive before the errant throw and interception that ended the game. Um, he did a lot of good things, made a lot of good throws. I think that there could be a future there. I also think the Huskers should absolutely be turning to the, the transfer portal. I mean, with guys like Spencer Rattler out there, obviously that's a that's a big name. Uh, Dylan Gabriel from UCF, he he's transferring. So I. I you know, and, and when I say the look at the transfer portal, I don't mean that like we should go out there and find a guy and then like just hand him the keys to the car. No matter what happens, whether it be a guy like Rattler or a guy, a less proven guy or whatever it is, I want to see a, you know, a big quarterback competition into, from, into the spring and, and into fall camp. Because like, I think, I think that there were times during even, you know, looking back at Martinez's career here. There were definitely times, I think, particularly going into his sophomore year where it was like he knew he was the guy and ultimately like that didn't I think he played better his freshman year trying to beat guys out um, than and, and win the job. And then, you know, I think his soft, you know, he had a little bit of a slump his sophomore year. And I think, you know, that had a lot. There were a lot of factors that led to that. Um, but I think a big one is that he kind of rested a little. There was, you know, talk of that. Scott talked about that at the time. I want, you know, I don't want to hand it to Logan Smothers. I want Harburg to compete. I want another quarterback to come in and push those guys and then to pick the best guy. It's going it, to, that's going to, that's, you know, that's developing players. I want that to happen. And, and we'll see. I think, you know, I was hoping that we would have some information on, on who the new offensive staff hires might be by now because that could also lead to, you know, bringing in a player. Um, we also have the, you know, the commits from this year. So it, I think the, the competition should be wide open. But I think at a bare minimum, I think there was a concern, a level of concern among, you know, Husker fans and, and 
college football and in college football that that there weren't there wasn't anybody behind Martinez and that you know maybe we that's why we kept playing Martinez or, or whatever and I think Logan Smothers answered that that that's not the case um that that we do have good players Logan Smothers played well um he honestly was making that Iowa defense look pretty silly for about a half there and then you know call it what it is the the special teams and the you know the offensive line basically put him in a horrible position and an inexperienced young quarterback in his first start in a big game you know what you know just came up short of being able to overcome that I mean you know I'm sure Martinez is standing on the sideline thinking tell me about it bud you know I think it's just I it was the same you know ultimately and I felt terrible about that too I was just like geez can we have we already broke Martinez's mind with this stuff. Couldn't we just have him kind of pop in here and instead of taking a fresh boy and, and having him be broken immediately? I mean, that's basically what we did with him. We brought him in and we're just like, just in case we want, we wanted to bleed a little bit of this dysfunction into the future. So we brought Logan in and made sure that he also had to, to be the one that threw the game losing interception after his special teams and offensive line, you know, really hung him out to dry there a couple times. But I digress. Point being, we want to really have you know a, a, a competition, and I'm excited to see what they go out and get in terms of uh, offensive staff, and, and if they're able to find anything in the transfer portal. And I think the transfer portal is across the board because it's not just Martinez transferring. I think in the new age um, that there's going to be kids transferring. We talked about this the last couple weeks. Uh, Marvin Scott and it, so Sevian Morrison had had announced that he was entering the transfer portal last week uh, before the Wisconsin game, and now. Uh, Marvin Scott has announced that he's transferring also hurts Nebraska's depth a little bit, but the truth is neither one of those guys was getting a ton of playing time. And there were younger guys that look more talented and were playing ahead of them. That being said, if players are going to leave via the transfer portal, we, the Huskers need to go out and, and add people from the transfer portal. More kids go because of the eligibility rules now with the transfers. You need, you know, so you need to become, you know, it needs to be a give and a take. If you're giving players, if players are leaving into it, we need to be bringing more players in. And they did a good job of that this year. Samari Toure was one of the best receivers in the Big Ten this year, I think. So, you know, you did do that. You went out and did that. They need to continue to do that and, and kind of support the young core that you have on this team because there's no way around it. Being a 3-9 and nine team does not help recruiting. It hurts recruiting. I think a win against Iowa would have really helped, but obviously that didn't get done. So, you know, you have to accept where you're at and make the best of what you got. I think they do have a good young core. I think they have a particularly on defense that from what we've seen. I think we all saw what the Nebraska, you know, looked like from an offensive line standpoint when Prohaska was in for the first, you know, he started his first game against Northwestern. We saw what that looked like. Uh, it was ex- unbelievable. I think we're going to, so if you're going to get that guy back, that's a true freshman, you know, so your offensive line is growing. Um, it's going to be better, hopefully, next year. And, you know, you, you lose Toure this year. That's disappointing. Omar Manning, though, you know, Xavier Betts. We, you know, there's some still some guys here. And continue, just you need to continue to to do that and continue to find the right guys. We never got to see Thomas Fiedon this year. Hopefully he's a big factor in uh, the, the passing game next year with the loss of Austin Allen. Um, I think that's going to be the key for the Huskers moving forward is, is – I think what they were able, as much as the last couple games and the whole season were kind of a string of, you know, stupid mistakes that ultimately led to, you know, a failure in the result column. 
there were some things that were done right. And that was, you know, when we were down guys against Wisconsin and down guys against Iowa, the Huskers were still able to play their brand of football. Unfortunately, that's losing by one score due to a catastrophic special teams play, but they were able to do it. So you're talking about cleaning up special teams and showing, you know, they were successful in showing that they have some depth uh, behind their, you know, their starters that were playing well. So that needs, you know, that young core, those guys need to take another step next year. And we need to look to the transfer portal, uh, I think, to be able to get that, to do that. And once you start winning some games, which is going to have to happen at some point, you're going to have to win games. Otherwise, this is, we're going to shut this down. Scott's not going to be here. So if you win some games next year, you get to a bowl game, I think you'll have more success in recruiting. I think everyone wants to believe that this is going to work. The second they start winning some games, everyone's going to be like, oh, we knew, Scott, you know, this was, this was a good fit. I guarantee you the flip-flop will happen pretty quick. You know, they want, you could sense they wanted to do it so many times this year. Like the, the, the talking heads on for college football wanted to say after the Oklahoma game, see, here it comes, here come the Huskers. And it just, it never happened. And it just didn't happen. We need to, to continue. Once it does, I think they'll, they'll be able to add new young players and you'll probably have less players looking to leave. But for right now, I don't see any players. I mean, honestly, the only two players that I've seen leave that I think it's a failure on the coaching staff and, and their leaving is due to the results that we've had, probably look at Martinez and look at Wandale Robinson. You're talking about, you know, the all-time leader in, in yards for the Huskers in Martinez and obviously a star immediately went to Kentucky and was immediately one of their best receivers um, and having a great season. That Those two guys going, I think, are because of the results. The other guys, I mean, Luke, you're not even starting for Rice. Now you're in the third team, whatever. You know, J.D. Spielman, there's lots of guys that have left, and it's just, you know, it is it is what it is. I think J.D. Spielman, it was just, I think for him, it was more of a, it was too many coaches. Like, he was really started playing under Riley, and then Riley's gone, and then Troy Walters got fired, and it was just like, I got to go. I got to go try again somewhere else. And I think Martinez might feel the the same way here. So, Hopefully the Huskers, Hopefully this is a turning point. I'm excited to see where the Huskers go. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, as, as sad as I am about the way that this season went, and I'm sure every Husker fan is devastated. You know, just very disappointed about the way that this season went. I do think it. it there's a feeling of feeling a little proud. Anybody I know who's not a Husker fan that watched them play thought that they played really well. I know a lot of people who tuned in, even though they kept losing, because they knew they were going to get a good game. I mean, it was inter- at least it was we were putting a good show. On, you know, we were putting an enter- We were having entertaining games, um, and and unfortunately, that was uh, the the story of the season. And what a wild season it's been. I mean, I think back to the, to the beginning that in week zero playing Illinois, the way that looked, and that, that was just the beginning. That the, the, the punt return safety was just the beginning of, of special teams play that would plague the Huskers all year. And, but you know what the truth is? I, I can say that in, in all confidence at that moment that I didn't expect for the Huskers to – it looked like the Huskers were about to get completely demolished by their very daunting schedule, probably the toughest schedule in college football, and um, – you know that they they ultimately didn't they they battled and battled and got better and better and and ultimately the special team you know some of the some of the issues that plagued them in that in that first game continued to um some things got better you know cover you know kick coverage and some of the special team things got better obviously the huskers found something in Prohaska in terms of the offensive line issues false starts got better as the as the year went on 
um, with a younger offensive line, and and ultimately, you know, it 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 was a it was there were there was a lot to be proud of. I guess is the way to say it. Um, the truth is, I think even it, you know, you look back through the games and it, you, you think to yourself. I mean, obviously, the Illinois game is very disappointing, but the the games that they you know that we expected for the Huskers to be able to win that were that were I remember feel it felt devastating. Like the the loss to Minnesota felt so devastating. Ultimately, the Minnesota should have won the Big Ten West if the Huskers just taken care of business from the you know second half of the you know for a quarter and a half to end the game against Iowa. They'd be the they'd be playing Michigan in the championship. So you know Michigan, the, the, there wasn't an easy, there wasn't really a give me game on the schedule. The Huskers were just on the wrong side of unfortunately like every single game, and 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 it was competitive in the Big Ten West this year. And the Big Ten East was competitive. Michigan State was, is, you know, some of the games that you thought the Huskers might be able to win were really tough. And the Huskers battled and were really, should have won a bunch of those games. So things look better than they did. You know, I can remember, you know, in episode two of this podcast or the second, going into week one, saying, make no mistake, this is our darkest hour. We just had to have the boosters bail us out of you know the sellout losing the sellout streak because there was that kind of complacency and to get to the end of the year to have you know a sold out stadium with a team that hasn't given up and is fighting with all of their heart while a sold out Lincoln Stadium chants Husker power I mean that's that's a lot of progress from what you know from from maybe not you know complacency leading to the end of the sellout streak I think probably the end of the sellout streak some of the, some of the the issues there were just that they were playing Fordham and that you know so a lot of the tickets were tickets Fordham couldn't sell or whatever but the point is it looked pretty bleak there when they're losing to Illinois and then Illinois is getting smoked by every team they play while Nebraska manages to beat Fordham and Buffalo but at the end of the day the Huskers made a lot of progress and just I think the hope going into next year is that they, they can take it that one more step that that Scott will do the right things and that It'll finally pay off the way that it paid off for Michigan this year, that the Husker fans and Trev Albert's patience will pay off when in the past we've been, we've been rash and uh, entitled, frankly. So, you know, as, as sad as it is to conclude the season the way that they did, the second that game was over, a new season began, the 2022 season. We're going to hire offensive staff. We're going to look at the transfer portal. And they're going to try to put together, you know, a solid spring winter conditioning and it, and it all starts over. And it's the beginning of what I, what I think is probably one of the, if not the most important season in Nebraska football history. Cause the truth is when Scott came here, the program was on the brink of oblivion at that time. We, you know, you, you had hired Mike Riley, a bonehead hire after winning nine games every year for seven years and your program wasn't even bowl eligible anymore. Luckily, one of the better coaches was, you know, the the top, honestly the most desired coach after UCF's undefeated season was a Nebraska alum and a guy from Nebraska, and he and he came here. But I'm not sure what coach is going to come. I've said that before on this show, but I do know that kind of like Martinez, if it's not that Scott isn't a good coach if he can't win next year. I mean, maybe he made mistakes or whatever, but I think obviously he's shown to at least some degree that he's a good football coach. But if he doesn't win next year, I mean, I think we all know what's going to happen. He's not going to, you know, if he doesn't make, I think he needs to make a bowl game. 
frankly, that that that's the bottom line. It absolutely has to be a six-win season. And if he doesn't do it, it's going to be time to move on. But move on to what? So the pressure's on, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to kind of have that do-or-die mentality. And I think restructuring his contact is good. I mean, Trev Alberts talked about how – you know, he wants the deal to kind of be uncomfortable for both sides. Whereas before, you know, with a $20 million buyout, the deal was really only uncomfortable for the university. So it's an exciting time, but the, the pressure is, is absolutely on. And it'll be really fun to, to get to talk about what, what, the, what the next months hold and, and what, you know, how spring goes. I think we're going to have a fun spring game for the first time in probably three years, four years since, since Martinez has been the quarterback. So we get to actually see kind of, probably a few different quarterbacks competing out there. So that'll, that'll all be great. And and we'll get to see, you know, Gabe Irvin will be back. Yant will be back. There'll be a bunch of guys and we'll get to, you know, hopefully, you know, you, you, what can you say? Hopefully next year's better after a three and nine season. You can, at the end of the day, all you can say is hopefully we get it done next year. And the Huskers really have to, because if, if Scott Frost and next season doesn't work out, I'm not really sure what the future holds in terms of success for this program. So we go into the 2022 season disappointed, heartbroken, excited, improve it mode because they can't get it done next year. Not sure the Huskers will ever get it done. That's it for our show this week. And that's it for our show this season. I want to thank the Believe Podcast Network for giving me the opportunity to host this show and, and, and talk Husker football. Um, I want to thank everybody who, who tuned in every week. Been been a real pleasure getting to getting to talk about it. Um, there, so I I won't be doing a you know a show weekly now. But as coaches are hired, we have early signing day. You know I will be putting out a show around that time, and then I will be doing a couple shows surrounding spring football as well. Um, but other than that, that's it for this season. Wish the result had been different, but we're on to 2022. And as always, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska, but one time I journeyed south, and the things those Okies said down there made me wipe out a couple of miles. They like their Sooner football And they don't like the Huskers enough But I surprised them all when I sang this song I made them take off and run You can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field your bridges won't be clean. You can brag about the Sooners and sing your old fight song. But don't come across our borderline, cause you knuckleheads don't belong. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.